We're constantly doing content audits. Um, I like to do them at the half year point and end of year point to kind of see where we need to shift because algorithms are changing constantly. You know, Erica, I said it on the show, but it's worth repeating again. Typically, when you hear the word audit, it's not a good thing. But as Heather walks us through today on the show, social media content audits are a very, very good thing. And she has a great formula for how to do it. But just also to the data, the insights that you get from them, uh, this is one type of audit you definitely want to do on a regular basis. Audits are just, I couldn't agree more. Audits are so important to be methodical, to be consistent to be prescriptive, and to really just understand how all this data, all this information is working for you. And when you're a global organization um, or an organization with a lot of conversation, it really is critical that you do these to understand, again, how social media is working for you. Yeah, and we do dive into that a lot today. And of course, I'm Anna Harak from Convince and Convert. She is Erica Lovegreen from ICUC. And today on the show, we have Heather Brinkerhoff, head of social for QVC. And we talk about a lot. And funny enough, actually, one of the things we talk about is community management. And if you are looking to really up your community management game, I highly recommend you go check out ICUC. That's because ICUC are experts in online and social media community management. And they're here to remind the world that there are real humans behind brands. ICUC creates the space where tech meets human power by moderating, listening, and holding real conversations with customers on behalf of enterprise brands at a global scale. Across every social media channel you can think of, ICUC provides strategic support and fills customer care gaps as an extension of your team 24-7, 365 days a year in any language. Visit their website at icuc.social to schedule a consultation, talk strategy, and see how they can support you. That's icuc.social. And now let's hear from Heather Brinkerhoff, head of social for QVC. Heather, we are so excited to have you here today and really QVC. I don't know who hasn't heard about QVC, but just in case there's anyone out there in the world who hasn't heard of QVC or understands the organization, can you tell us a little bit more about what you all do, who your customer is, and especially what does social media look like at QVC? Yeah, of course. So QVC, you may have heard of it um, as a television channel, um, but we really bring shopping to life. So we are just a leader in video commerce and e-commerce, and we really bring products to life through storytelling, which is one of the reasons why I really wanted to go to QVC, because I'm just a big fan of storytelling with content um, and making sure that the content that we're putting out is bringing value to our audience. And I think that QVC does that really well. We're not just sharing products and pushing products on the consumer. We're really giving them the how and why to the products they're buying. And so I think it makes it really unique that we're able to connect with our consumer um, on a daily basis. Yeah, it is. Again, like Erica mentioned, I don't know anybody who doesn't know QVC. It's been around for 35 years. I mean, it's it's. I can't remember a time watching TV that it, that QVC wasn't on or, or I don't know. It's, it's such like a, a part of my childhood. I feel like growing up watching QVC, yeah. 
But also what's funny too is I don't think I've ever talked about this on Social Pros before, but I used to work with QVC way, way back in the past when I was with Philosophy Skincare and Cosmetics. Um, so I don't think people understand though, because I didn't even understand until I started working with QVC how massive it is. I mean, you are working with people. I mean, you have channels in Germany, in Japan, in China, in, I mean, I, I don't even know where, the UK, like QVC is massive. So are you overseeing everything as head of social or are there different regional managers as well? What does that look like? Yeah, so there's definitely different regional teams and my team is focused on everything happening in the U.S. But like you said, we're so massive because we're working with all of these well-known brands, but we also have um, some brands that are QVC specific as well. So it's really such a large company and I'm learning more and more about it as I'm new. Um, it's been interesting because we haven't been into the office yet since I've been here um, for 10 months. I'm excited to actually go in and meet all of these amazing people across teams here in the next month. But yeah, we're just a huge company um, with experts in a variety of different categories because really QVC can be your one-stop shopping destination because we have so many products from home decor to culinary to fashion to beauty, all of these things. Um, you could really find anything you want. And um, we are just for everybody. There's something for everybody on QVC, whether you're a woman, a man, a child, um, and no matter your age, we really have something for everybody. So then in terms of, obviously, people know the on-air piece of it. And now the social component has been there for quite some time. But what are some of the the big pieces of social for you all? Is it obviously there's promoting products, but yeah. there's so much more than that too. So what typically are you looking to do with social for QVC? Yeah, um, I think as with any brand, we're really looking at any brand that I've worked with, we're really looking to entertain our audience and provide value to them. So while we are um, sharing about our products, we do it in a way that's educating our audience on how to use the products. A lot of times we're using our hosts because they're our brand personality, but we also have those vendor guests that are experts in different areas, um, those different brands. So we're doing a lot of live streaming. That's a huge component of our social program is live streaming across our social channels, across our website. Um, and so we're able to really bring products to life in those ways. But outside of our like regular day-to-day -day social content, we're also working with um, different cross-functional teams, like with partnerships and influencers. And so those might not be directly related to a product, but they are really bringing value to our audience across our social platforms. I am just so amazed by how large the organization is. And I can only imagine the 24-7, 365 day a year nature of the business. I have been that person late at night where I've seen an ad and, you know, the the massive amount of conversation. And even in the live streaming, live shopping space, how is the team keeping up with that incredible volume of conversation that you all must have? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so we recently restructured the team a little bit um, to have someone who's really focused on community management, because I think to your point, it's so important. We do have a social customer care team that handles a lot of our customer service related needs, but there was really a need to um, connect in meaningful ways with our audience on a day-to-day basis, whether it's you know, just giving a positive comment back to them or engaging in different ways. And so now we do have a member of our team who's really focused on engaging across our audience. And that's just their job, you know, on a day-to-day basis. They're um, doing social listening to see what our consumers are saying, but also engaging not only with our audience, but the audiences of our vendors, because they're really important to us, um, and our hosts, because that's really our brand personality. It's, I love that you brought up, um, I love that you brought up partnerships because actually one of your most recent ones I wanted to talk to you about, which was, uh, with Candace Cameron Beret of the, of, of course, full house fame, DJ Tanner. Um, and she actually just recently did a live stream with you all. So I would love yeah. to know more about how you make that happen because I think this is every brand's dream where you get this beautiful partnership. You get somebody who is so willing to jump in front of the camera, interact and take mm-hmm. live questions. I mean, this is like, this is a brand's dream. So how do you coordinate specifically, I mean, with that recent um, effort, but how do you just coordinate with partnerships and vendors in general? Yeah. Um, I will say out of all the brands I've worked for, it's so fascinating to see how QVC navigates these partnerships and honestly, really how um, in tune our vendors and partners are to what we're doing on social. And they are also willing to like, like Candace did get up um, on a live stream um, for us. So we, you know, my team reaches out to them. We have relationships with our partners whether it's my team or our cross-functional partners, and we'll reach out and say, hey, we're thinking about doing a live stream in XYZ. Would you be willing? Um, and so most of those live streams are are hosted by one of our on-air hosts, but there's often times where it might just be um, a day-in-the-life sort of live stream or a try-on like Candace did. So Candace is an example of just an extraordinary partner. Her and her team are consistently going above and beyond for us and providing just really excellent content for the consumer um, and always willing to do things like these fun live streams. So I think it's all about really connecting and building relationships with your um, partners and providing opportunities for them that are beneficial to both parties. Nice. And I'm sure it obviously helps that she is incredibly comfortable in front of a camera yeah. and is is no stranger to doing live things. But in terms of the preparation for that, would you mind walking us through, is there, you know, uh, like, you know, is there like a loose script or is it just sort of, you know, her team yeah. comes to the table or partners come to the table? Like, how does that partnership usually work and how do you recommend brands kind of partner and brainstorm on some of those efforts? Because obviously you don't want it to look scripted. You want it to look natural. Like she did a fabulous job of, of just, you know, going with the flow and taking live questions. So how do you find that balance of like communicating yeah. what you need to communicate, but making it authentic and fun? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, like I said, QVC does such a good job with like 
off the cuff live streaming because our hosts are so used to that. They do it day in and day out. So with our hosts, we could really just give them a topic and they can talk all day. Um, But our vendors, a lot of them do go through training if they're going to be on air. So they're really comfortable in front of the camera. Um, But there are situations where we do provide at least a topic, um, talking points, so that they do feel comfortable with what they're about to discuss. But I think especially in our live streams where the hosts are the ones really moderating, it gives the vendors a bit of comfort knowing that they have this pro um, with them chatting and they're able to like um, push the conversation in ways that makes everyone feel comfortable. I have a quick question. So you have these partnerships, you have again, a lot of activity going on. You mentioned social listening, and I'd love to hear, just thinking about our community and our social pros listeners, what are some of the metrics when you have, again, a global organization, all the conversations, all the partnerships, and you're thinking about just benchmarking, accountability, reporting back, how are you all bringing all of that data and all of that information together to make considerations on what to do next? Because again, it can be kind of overwhelming when you're sitting in a global organization the way that you are. Yeah, absolutely. So we are really focused on reach, engagement. Um, From a social listening perspective, I'd say sediment. Um, And I'm really big about data. I often speak about data at social conferences because I'm really passionate about it. I'm not someone who's ever been like a big math person, but when I Um, came into the social world, I really realized how powerful it is because if you're not taking a look at your data um, and really listening to the customer, then you don't know what the customer wants to see more of or less of. And so we really have to use that data as our North Star and where we need to go. Um, So we're constantly doing content audits. Um, I like to do them at the half year point and end of your point to kind of see where we need to shift because algorithms are changing constantly, as we know, trends are changing. So it's really important that you're evaluating those things regularly. So that way your team knows, okay, this is the kind of content that's resonating with our audience. Maybe this isn't and really diving into why. Is it the copy that's not working? Is it the length of the video that's not working? Um, So we definitely do take a look at our metrics on uh, a monthly basis or Per campaign. And like I said, I like to dive deeper at that six month point and then also at the end of the year. But to answer your question, we're really focused mostly on engagement, um, reach, video views, and sentiment overall. I love hearing that too. I think it's very hard as a marketer, especially a social media pro. I think there's a lot of vanity metrics that we're sort of being bombarded with. And so I love asking different social media marketers, managers, what they're measuring. Because again, I think it just really depends on the organization. It continues to change for all of us. I think we all need to collaborate. We need to be sharing these things to better our acumen and better sort of how we're tackling metrics and and understanding what is and isn't working for us. So really appreciate your, your answer there. Of course. And I would say the other thing is, is finding a really good social tool um, that works for you so you can really um, evaluate your social content year over year and really understand what's working and what's not working. So 
that's been helpful for us. I've used a number of good ones. I'd recommend Sprout Social. Um, we've used Sprinkler, Conviva. So just find one that works for you and your team because it's not necessarily one size fits all. But um, I think that's definitely key is having a good reporting tool. Yeah, it's so funny. Sometimes finding the right tools, especially within social media, it, it does sometimes feel like a little bit like Cinderella and the glass slipper. Like you have to try so many and you have to go through the, you know, their permissions and, you know, how many users and like, it really is just diving deep. So thank you for throwing out a couple of really, really uh, good tools there. I'm also really happy that you mentioned audits. I know audits don't typically, they're not typically associated with like fun. They're usually associated with bad things, but I love that you're actually doing social audits on a regular basis. I'm serious. Like I love it. It's such a great way. Like you mentioned to just take the temperature of everything take a breath, take, figure out what's working, what's not. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan already. I love it. Yeah. I am a big fan of content audits. It's just, it, it has to happen or we really just don't know if we're doing things right, honestly. So. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get there, you know, especially with so much going on on the day to day, but I, you know, one of the things actually that I'm curious about too, especially since you'd mentioned you're such a big fan of content audits and you've been doing them forever you know, you mentioned at the very beginning some of your previous experience, and I love the fact that you were at Legoland Parks and Resorts. Love it. I'm a massive Lego fan, actually. My husband is a massive Lego fan. Um, I don't know. That. I don't know anybody who isn't a Lego fan. Like, how can you not <laughs> love Legos? They're just brilliant. But you also have some other amazing background as well. I mean, you've run campaigns, social campaigns for Disney, for PlayStation, for HP. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You have been in social for well over a decade now. And I'm super curious about how different this experience is uh, with QVC than some of the others? Or what really is some experience you pulled um, into this position? Because this is so different. I mean, going from, you know, uh, parks and resorts uh, to, you know, on-air and, and supporting a lot of on-air sales is, is a totally different approach. So just curious uh, your perspective on, on how different it is. Yeah. You know, when you compare parks and resorts which is, you know, more of an experience and a vacation versus retail is definitely different. So in between Lego and QVC, I was the director of social for Magnolia, if you're familiar with Chip and Joanna Gaines. Um, and so I oversaw social for the retail side of the business, as well as their television network, Magnolia Network, um, and their realty business as well. So that definitely gave me a good stepping stone into retail, but it, it really is, it's different, but the same in the sense that at the end of the day, I want whatever team I'm managing to push out content that is providing the consumer with value. So really taking a look at like, what are the business goals for the company and how can we create content that is beneficial for us. But at the end of the day, if the consumer doesn't like what we're doing, then we're not winning at all. And so from an organic social perspective, we should be building brand loyalty, brand awareness, and just putting the brand in a positive light. And so I think that translates across every industry, but there are definitely is some nuances in terms of retail versus uh, theme parks for sure. <laughs> I'd love a follow-up question to that. I would love to yeah. hear if you have any good anecdote 
of your favorite misadventure in, I mean, if you work in social media, every day is a misadventure. So let's be clear, but misadventure or favorite post that you thought was going to be maybe not the best post and it went crazy or just any, you know, kind of moment in time where it's just a memorable moment that you'll always have with you throughout your career. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have so many, um, which is like the fun of social. I think, I think that's what keeps me going in social is it keeps you on your toes. And just when you think that something's not going to work, it does. And the team is sparked with all of this motivation. A recent one, um, was here at QVC actually for April fools. We did this really fun, um, video campaign where, um, and it all started honestly in a brainstorm. So we were getting together, the strategists on the team were talking about what they were gonna share in April. Um, and I had mentioned to the team that like, and so I wanted to put together some sort of video that was kind of out of the box just to see what the audience reaction was. And immediately um, someone on our video team who's super talented shouted out, baloney folder, we have to do a baloney folder. <laughs> And I was like, what is that? So he basically explained that it's the sort of contraption that you would put bologna in and they would fold it over and it folds your bologna for you. So we were all dying laughing. It was just one of the funnest brainstorms. The next day he started working um, on a prototype for that. And we ended up pitching it to Mary DeAngelis, which is one of our hosts. She did an amazing job. So she basically did a full um, presentation, which if you watch QVC, presentation is when they present a product. Um, and so they videoed that and we posted that on um, Facebook. Also, this is a good example of why platform specific content is so necessary. So we did the full sale on Facebook. And then for TikTok and Instagram, the video team created a reel, um, like a six, I think it was 60 seconds, it was 30 or 60 second video that was just demonstrating the baloney folder. Um, and it went kind of viral. We're up to um, over 5 million views and it was quick. Like everyone was talking about it. We gained a ton of followers across platforms. Um, and so aside from it being like a super successful campaign externally, I think it was just internally so joyful for me to see the team get so excited. And the whole weekend we were texting back and forth when we reached a new like view viewership milestone or follower account. So it was just really fun and to bring joy to our customer because all day we were getting really great comments like, oh my gosh, this made my day. This was hysterical. Um, and so it was a lot of fun. That's, I now want to rename this podcast, like the baloney folder podcast or like <laughs> every guest that comes on gets a free baloney folder. I don't know. I, I'm, I first, I love it. That's an amazing, amazing all in April Fool's joke. Um, and so I love that the host got involved. Like it's, that is, that is the most, one of the most, I think, in-depth April Fool's jokes I've heard in quite some time. And that's awesome that you got such an amazing reception on it. Where did you find the majority of that engagement was happening? Was it, uh, you know, yeah, TikTok actually nice. was where a majority of the content or the viewership came, which is great because TikTok is our newest platform as it is for many brands. 
Um, and so we're really trying to build that that following. And most of our views came from the For You page, which was amazing because we were reaching these new audiences that maybe haven't heard about QVC or don't know us recently. Because um, sometimes I think people don't know exactly who QVC is. Maybe they've heard about it, but they don't know the breadth of offerings that we have. I mean, I personally shop QVC on a daily basis. I'm always getting packages from QVC. And sometimes people don't know what we have to offer. So it's really cool to be able to meet um, a new audience where they are on a new platform. So TikTok was definitely the winner for us in that campaign. That's awesome. Did you have any idea, like sitting around a table with your coworkers, or I guess around a Zoom call with your coworkers, that it would go this crazy and it would have this kind of response? We didn't. You know, I thought it would be fun. Like I knew initially that the idea would be fun with whatever we came up with. But to be honest, when I spit out the idea, I didn't know that immediately someone would have a great gadget to come up with. So And then I also, being new to the company, didn't know that we had the resources to make a prototype of a baloney folder. So I think that just goes to show the incredible resources we have, but also the talent that we have at this company are just insane. Um, The things that people come up with, but just like the wisdom they have and the skill set. So just like a memory I'll, I'll never forget. That's awesome. I think I think it also goes to show too, because there's so many April Fool's campaigns. And, you know, some of them make a little splash. Obviously, this one made a much bigger splash and had much bigger footprint and great success for you all. But I think it goes to show again that you really can't predict what is going to go viral. It's just not, you know, I think we like to think as brands, we have like this power and even with all of our creative brains, you know, but it's obviously you tapped into something that you're that resonated with your audience. You tapped into something that resonated with your audiences and they decided that it was worth their time, you know, and you just kind of hope for that. But I love how you approach that. I'm just curious on your thoughts about just viral content in general, too. Yeah, I think viral content just in general is tough because I personally believe that we can't predict viral content. But what we can do is have a postmortem after um, that content went viral and just really think about the things that made it go viral. Was it, you know, the biggest thing I think for that campaign was that it was timely for April Fools. So of course we can't do that again tomorrow and it worked the same way, but there were elements of it that we can um, go off of. One being gadgets, like we are kings at gadgets. We have a lot of gadgets that people um, can buy and that's really trending right now on things like TikTok, Um, Instagram, people want to see these cool gadgets that are really giftable or maybe niche gadgets that they can give um, to someone or for the have for themselves. So um, that was a piece that we really learned from there. Like we need to lean into gadgets more because it's something unique to us. Um, And then our hosts, like that was a key piece of it. Having Mary, um, who was just a really great partner as a host and willing to get a little silly with us. So Um, leaning into our host as well was a big piece. But I think, you know, when I think about viral content, you can't predict it. But what you can do is sit around the table and figure out what worked and maybe what could get you to a similar reaction in the future. 
I love that. And it, it is really true that social media is just so incredibly unpredictable. What's also unpredictable, you touched on live shopping, you touched on TikTok even, new channels, new places where there's conversations that your customers are living. How are you all, I'm just curious, how you're keeping up with the trends? What what does channel assessment and platform assessment look like to all of you? What was that aha moment that, gosh, you know what? We really need to take TikTok more seriously. Uh, because again, it it seems like TikTok almost caught a lot of us a little bit off guard a year or two ago. Or you think yeah. back to that moment Clubhouse had a moment. Um, I think making these sort of channel and platform considerations has become kind of tough as a marketer to keep up with. How are you assessing that on the QVC side? Yeah, I think it's all about really um, keeping up with industry trends. So we're constantly looking at what different brands are doing in the industry or following sites like social media today, ad age, ad week, what is happening in the social media landscape that maybe we're not maybe up to par with. Um, And like you said, TikTok kind of came out of nowhere. And during the pandemic, it blew up because everyone was at home. Um, And so QVC got on TikTok before I was here and did a great job. And now we're really bringing a strategy to life on there and figuring out how we partner with influencers and things like that. So I really just think it's making sure that you are in the know about the latest trends and also consuming the products as well, which sounds you know, like basic 101 for a social media person. But sometimes we're so um, invested in the work that we forget to consume ourselves as just a user and see what how the users are experiencing the platform. So that's really important, too. Um, and the person that I mentioned that's focused on community management, a big piece of what he's doing as well is just looking at trends Um, on the different platforms, seeing what's happening, and then coming back to the team and saying, hey, this is happening. Maybe we could put together a piece of content that would make sense to go along with this trend. Because like you mentioned, real-time marketing is so important. The trends are coming and going um, right before our eyes. So it's important to move fast with the social landscape. Well, and especially too, I love that you brought up how important it is to actually consume the product or or use the the services that your company provides as you know as a social media professional because even as you talked about like you order from QVC so you know the complete end to end process and what it's like to be a customer because I think you're right though it is so hard to kind of break out of our day to day and remind ourselves that you know we really need to understand the entire process and not just one piece of it. Because I also imagine too, that you get a ton of customer service questions via social channels. Like I've actually, I know you do because I've seen your comments. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely do. We get a, a lot of comments, which is great for us because we want to engage with our audience and we want to build that meaningful connection. But it, it is helpful that we do have our um, social customer care team to handle some of those more, um, technical issues that a customer may be having. But I think too, you know, just, just again, back to your comment about how the social landscape is always changing. I mean, it's, you know, this is now the go-to channel for people. Like they don't want to necessarily pick up a phone and call a dedicated customer service rep. And we've known this for a long time, but it just, you know, uh, yeah, it's really important to just know the entire process because social is all things to all people. Now it's, it's such a central line of communication. 
Absolutely. Awesome. Heather, I, you know what, I could seriously sit here and talk to you all day long about all things QVC. I know Erica could too, and all things community management and Legoland. We didn't even get to get into all of the uh, fantastic Legoland things that you're doing, um, or that you were doing, I should say. But um, I'm really excited to see what else QVC Social has in store. I'm definitely going to be checking out all the channels. Everybody else, you should go subscribe to all of the QVC channels and see what Heather and her team are doing for social. But of course, Heather, before we officially let you go, we have to make sure we ask you the big final two questions that we have asked all four, 500 plus. Actually, I think we are at 525 guests now. I will officially check that. But we have to ask you the final two. Are you ready for the final two questions? I am ready. All right, Heather. Question number one. If you could give one piece of advice to anybody who wants to become a social pro, what would it be? Um, I would definitely say there's so much advice I would give, but, um, I would say consume the content and create, honestly, create was probably the biggest thing because I think if, if we're not consuming the content and we're not creating it, then we're never going to know what it's like to do it for a brand. So it's so important, um, that you test on your own, you do some trial and error, see what's working, what's not working for your own audience. Um, and that will really help you when you work for a brand because you've already started um, the initial process of creating content and strategizing, essentially, even on your own platforms. Absolutely love, love, love that answer. And I think a lot of our social pros are going to love that answer as well. Question number two, if you could have a video call with any living person, who would it be? This is tough, but I think I would say Brene Brown. Um, I have been really into her books and just everything that she is as a leader. I so admire and look up to, and she's very inspiring. Um, leadership is very important to me and being a good leader and continuing to grow as a leader. So um, I would love to have a conversation with her. Yeah, that would be amazing. I'm, I think I want to say Mark Schaefer was on the show about a year ago and he said the same, like Brene Brown. Oh, is, really? I feel like she's just like a warm hug of a person, like just the insights. And I, I would love to join that video call as well, if you don't mind me shoehorning my way in there. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's call her <laughs> up. I'm sure she would be happy to chat with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just an impromptu call with Brene, Brene Brown. Who wouldn't love that? <laughs> Uh, well, I do hope that happened. Maybe she'll be on QVC at some point. Like maybe, you we know. We need to make that happen. That's the next yeah. partnership we need to do. Done and done. I see that in your future. I'm going to manifest that for you, Heather. Um, in the meantime, thank you so much for being on the show. It was such a delight talking to you today. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great talking with you all. I love talking about social. So this was so fun for me. Great. Uh, I can't wait um, to see what else you have in store with QBC Social. Already loving what I'm seeing today. Again, everybody else, um, Social Pros listeners, thank you so much for being here today as well. Go follow again all of QBC's amazing social channels. See what they're up to. See what they have in store for the next April Fool's campaign. Because if it's anything like the baloney folder, uh, I have a feeling there's going to be more amazing things in store. In the meantime, everybody, uh, thank you so much again for joining us. And we look forward to chatting with you all again next week on what we hope is your favorite podcast in the whole wide world, Social Pros. <laughs>